Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Hallelujah to Jesus. Shall we pray? Our dear God, we come humbly before you, thanking you for the privilege you have given us with the treasure of your holy precious words. We ask you, Lord, that you shall instill something in us, something lasting, a lasting spiritual deposit that would allow us to overcome to the end. In the name of Jesus, amen. We thank the Lord and you are all welcome to our teaching service. We are going to continue on overcoming the world. Overcoming the world. Um, I feel like I should share a certain scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. If we can look for that. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Right, if anyone can open it as they are looking for it. You have it now. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. So, even as we are discussing overcoming the world, remember the prayer the Lord Jesus prayed in John 17. He actually anticipated the problems that his followers are going to face. Amen. And he prayed for them. He prayed for us. That the Father will keep us by the power of his name. And then he also uh, made a prediction that even as the world hated us, hated him, the world would also hate us. Is that not so? Alright. Now, years later, Apostle Paul uh, in encouraging the believers, he said if you come into hardships, if you come into temptations, difficulties, he said keep in mind that it is not God's intent. Because of course, as a believer, everything that happens to you, God has to permit it. Amen. And um, it's interesting how, you know, John and James were brothers. John, the, the, the sons of Zebedee, they were two who were brothers. But they, they had a different type of destiny. Amen. Even though they, were both, they, they both had Mr. Zebedee as their father. But God had... Um, 
I don't know whether I should use the word God had, but in the early church, James, the brother, the brother of, of John, was um, killed by, by uh, Herod. Amen. And um, the Bible says after they were happy, the Jewish people were happy with the killing of James, Herod also took um, Peter and put him in jail and was planning to have him killed. But then the believers prayed and he was delivered. So, you know, depending upon which angle you want to take the preaching, you know, some people say that, you know, had the believers prayed, you know, James, the brother of John, would not have been killed. Not necessarily. It may have been his destiny. Are you with me? Because otherwise, roll it back to the days of John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist was the cousin of the Lord Jesus. He was a forerunner of Jesus. And if there's anyone who needed to be delivered from Herod's sword, it's John the Baptist. Is that not so? What I'm trying to say is that sometimes some of the things that happen, it's not that God is powerless to deliver us from it, but somehow he allows it for a certain purpose, not all of which we all understand. Amen. Because if you are John the Baptist and you heard Jesus preach in Nazareth that he came to set the captives free, do you get it? And you are captive of a captive of Herod. And he didn't set you free. I mean, you, 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 you can be a little hurt. <laughs> Right? But what we see is that we, we see through life as humans, we see through life in this short life, 70 years, 80 years, 100 years. But God has a much broader concept of life. Hallelujah. But that's not even my point. My point is that um, God will not allow something that is above you or you can't bear come to you. Amen. But we are learning the tools that God is giving us. Because by becoming aware of these things, when they happen, then you are not taken by surprise. Hallelujah. It's better that we learn that on the road, there's going to be, you know the song that they used to sing in uh, of Dazi, we are going, right? Heaven knows we are going. And then there's a line that says, it, why? it will be hard, we know. Yes, is that not so? <laughs> yeah, so, and the road will be what? Muddy and rough. But if you look at it, you may say, well, people who are singing like that, they are not of faith. They are not uh, people of faith. No, but you see, the Bible says that the people, uh, I think there's a scripture in Hebrews, is it Hebrews 6 12? Let's try that and see if that's the one. The scripture in Hebrews 6 12. Something about faith and, and uh, something about. He said that we should be imitators of those who through faith and what? Patience inherit the promises. He said that you do not become sluggish. Do not become sluggish. Do not become slothful. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So it's not just faith, but patience. Hallelujah. And what is, does it all mean? This all means that in walking with God, there are surprises on the road. In walking with God, there are things to overcome. Hallelujah. And um, when our minds are prepared that when we have these obstacles, it's not a sign that God has abandoned us. It's very important when you are running a marathon race. Hallelujah. 
When you are running a short race, the idea is that you want to win quick and you want it to be over very soon. But the Christian life is a long marathon race. And if you are not told that there are bends and curves on the road, it's not like a... Because uh, when you are driving, you know, how you know some vehicles have cruise control. Do you know that cruise control doesn't work on every terrain? Like, like you cannot put the car in cruise control. You can put it in cruise control when you have a flat land where there are no bends and caves, there are no mountains there. I mean, you can have relatively flat place, but where there's a lot of ups and downs, your cruise control is not going to work. Because how many know that, that you, you, re you reach a terrain that you need to, to power the thing up? Do you get it? And so what we are saying is that in our journey of walking with God, there are wilderness as part of the experience. And in this wilderness experience, we must learn about what we may meet on the way. That's why we are studying overcoming the world. Amen. All right. So overcoming the world means overcoming the nuances of the place. Right? Um, there is a, there is a wild place that we are dealing with. And then last week, we started talking about uh, another aspect of the world. What was that? The world is what? The world is a place. So that was the first point. It's a group of people. What are their characteristics? They are selfish. They are liars. Greedy. Self-centered. People who oppose the truth. Demonized people. Amen. These are the types of people that we are dealing with. And um, the world has a notion that people are inherently good. Do you get it? People are inherently good. That's the general notion that people have in the world. But that's not a biblical view. The biblical view is that people who are not born again are inherently wicked. Amen. There are a lot of um, refined, so-called refined people who in everyday life, you wouldn't know that they can be capable of a lot of evil. Sometimes people say that, oh, what Africa needs is that we need a lot of education. Of course, illiteracy is a bad thing. I mean, I support education. But our problems are often not because of education. It's because of the list that we just made, especially the one that says self-centeredness. Amen. How one person, when they get into, or, or into power, uh, they, they, can, they can take and be buying properties in Europe when many people people are struggling in the same country and, and they feel that it is their, this is our chance. Do you get it? This is our time. And they don't, so, so and, and a lot of those people are highly educated. In fact, Charles Taylor, who led his country to war in Liberia, he, he has a PhD from here. So that you see that it's not the intellect that's the problem. It's the heart. Are you listening to me? And so, um, and, and a, a friend of mine who is from Rwanda, he said, she said when the war broke out, people who had relatives across the road from the other tribe, in fact, some of them had married from the other tribe because there were two main tribes in Rwanda that went to war. People forgot that they have relatives. Because once you marry into 
a, a, a family, they, you have become relatives. Is that not so? Yeah. But when the war broke out, people forgot that these are our relatives. People started murdering each other. Some even ran into churches for protection. My friend, her father was a minister. Some of the people ran into churches and people were being killed in churches. So this speaks to the wickedness of the people who are here. Let's look at Ezekiel 17. Ezekiel chapter 7. No, not Ezekiel, um, Jeremiah. Let me see if I can find the particular verse very quickly. We are talking about, we are dealing with a group of very, very, very wicked people. Very, very, very wicked people. So when you are dealing with an unbeliever, unbelievers are, I mean, they may not, they may not be, they may not look as mean and wicked. Because the general notion is that, I mean, people who don't, who don't have a complete teeth, right? Who don't have a full set of teeth, they look meaner. Is that not so? I mean, when you're watching a movie, when you're watching a movie, a person who plays the, the bad guy role, they usually give them a certain shape of face, a certain look, certain roughness, because that's the image people have. The image people have of a bad guy, they have to have a certain look. Do you get it? But that's not how the world is. Amen. That's not how the world is. Let's look at this scripture rather. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 to 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 to 3. We are talking about overcoming the world. You have to overcome a group of people. A group of people. And that group of people, they are a group of very wicked people. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1 to 3. You are in chapter 2. Okay. So it says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. Okay. So Apostle Paul is asking them to pray for the ministry team. And he's going to give a reason. Next verse, verse 2. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Hallelujah. Let's add verse 3. Then he said, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guide you from the evil one. So, so verse 1 is talking about prayer. Brethren, pray for us that the word of God will, will have what? Free course and will prosper. What might make the word of God not have free course and prosper? Verse 2 and verse 3 talk about it. Verse 2 said, but, but go to verse 2. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For not all have faith. Not all men have faith. So Paul acknowledged that even as he's going about his ministerial work, not everybody loves it. Amen. 
And, and he describes two groups of people. They were unreasonable people and wicked people. Who you are going to be dealing with one day. Amen. These are the people that we have to learn to overcome. And clearly we are seeing in this passage that one way to overcome them is be, be in prayer. And ask for prayer. Don't be, don't be ashamed to ask for prayer. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul needed prayer and you need prayer. But then keep your eyes open because not everybody has faith. He said not all men have faith. The King James said not all men have faith. So you cannot be naive. There are people who are actually opponents of the gospel. And they detest detest any idea that you you want to follow an invisible God and and you want to dedicate your life. They, 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 they They would oppose you. Amen. That's why Jesus even said we should be wise like serpents. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, sometimes you have to, you know how serpents are always hiding. Sometimes you have to hide your identity. Hallelujah. Because, because you may find yourself in an environment where it, it may not be, it may not be prudent to openly let everybody know who you, who you are in terms of your Christian stand. Not that you are going to deliberately do bad stuff, right? But, but you are not supposed to flauntly, I mean, do some things that will draw attention to you. Amen. Because sometimes, without cause, there will be a hatred that will be attached to you because you are a follower of Christ. Amen. And so, let's, he said that we've been delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. So some men are actually wicked. It is, it is their plan to be wicked. Let's look at another scripture in Daniel. Daniel chapter 11. Daniel 11 and verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. See, this is a passage about the end times, about what is going to happen in the last days. And it's a passage that speaks about um, the two groups of people that will be on earth at that time. Amen. So, the he there is referring to the Antichrist. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Hallelujah. So you see, if you read the whole passage, you you get the impression that as evil is increasing, like we read last week, that those who are doing perverse things will become more and more perverse. Is that not so? I believe that was from 2 Timothy 3, verse 13. Evil men will wax worse and worse. Those who are into perversion, will become more and more perverse. You need to now take that one on one hand in the context of people becoming more and more perverse. Then there's another group of people who Daniel is describing that the people who do know their God. Hallelujah. These people who do know their God are not people without uh, opposition. Amen. 
Because these two things are happening side by side. There are people who do know they are going, who are going to be strong. Why is it you see in the West they are going to be strong? Because, because of the environment that they live in. Amen. The environment they live in, they are not going to let it get to them. But instead they choose to be strong. Because without being strong, the system will draw you down. Amen. The evil people around you will draw you down. But then he said they are going to be strong and do what? Carry out great exploits. Hallelujah. Bishop has a camp called Attempt Great Things for God. I encourage everybody to listen to. Now that we have um, like what Mel's audio or um, like what Mel's video. I mean, all the camps are there. It used to be $300. Is it $300? You have to pay for the makane. Right now, everything is free. You just need to have a smartphone and you just soak in. Hallelujah. How can you attempt great things for God in an environment where the world is making incursions at you? The world is trying to take your heart away. Amen. One of these missionaries who went to uh, Zibama, he had three, he had to bury three wives. Amen. His first wife died. So he married again. Then, then the second one died. It's like finally he even died and was thrown at the sea. What I'm telling you is that the hardships we are facing now, it doesn't compare at all with some of the people who went before us. Amen. The difficulties that they had to bear, but they had a mind, they had, they had a forehead that was strong against the opposition, strong against the hardships, because they were not looking at this world as the ultimate. Amen. What we are called to, we are called to a life of doing great exploits for God. And these great exploits are not going to be exploits we are going to do it easily in a, a place where you go everywhere, everybody is embracing you. No, we are going to have opposition. But then, the, 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 the overcoming the world means that the difficulties we are going to meet will not deter us. Hallelujah. Like the church, when the church started, they used to kick them around like the meeting place. Some people, some people that the devil was using. Actually, actually, um, you know, like the 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 um, meeting hall. You you will get ready to go for a meeting, and then and then they will say, "Today, we, I mean, it's closed. You can't have it." So the church had to be moving from place to place, moving from place to place. When I was on campus, when I used to sometimes attend Reverend Steve Menzies' meetings. The meeting place, sometimes we don't have the meeting place. Central cafeteria, sometimes we don't have it. But if somebody is organizing a jam or something, they easily will get it. Amen. Why? Because there's a problem. With some people have a problem with the cause of God. In fact, the um, school of hygiene, where the lighthouse church started, some people complained and complained that it was making noise, but then the, the dean of the school, because people felt that the, the, the church is making students not study, they are always praying and all that. But God also raised the people who know their God. He also raised somebody who also said that the dean of the school said, actually, we need this because some students have been committing suicide and we need somebody to be preaching hope and, 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 and strength. So he said, look, as long as I am uh, over this school of hygiene, they can meet here. 
And so they, they couldn't sack them. Hallelujah. That was before the cathedral, first cathedral was built. So what you're going to find is that in order to, to be, to, for your Christian witness to stand, you must not let the, the things that come your way discourage you because it is, it is to be expected. Hallelujah. That Satan will use some people to stop you. Amen. Now, let's look at the third aspect of overcoming the world. In overcoming the world, we must also understand that the world is a system. The world is a system. Hallelujah. Okay, yeah. The, the scripture in Jeremiah that I was looking for. Um, well, we can read it another time. It's Jeremiah 17. It's comparing the difference between the blessed man and the one who is a, a wicked man. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Amen. But the world is a system governed by certain values and behaviors. So the world is a place. That's, the first, that's where we started. The world is a place. And then the world is a group of people. Wicked people. Unreasonable people. Greedy people. Selfish people. Self-centered. Demonized people. But then the third thing is that the world is a place. It's a, the world is a system governed by certain values and behaviors. That you just have to deal with. So you see that it's all connected. This group of wicked people have designed a system. The system they have designed, they haven't designed it with Christianity in mind. They've designed it with ungodliness and they've designed it with freedom of an enjoyment and everything that has to do with how we can make our life here enjoyable. They don't have eternity in mind. They don't have the cause of Christ in mind. They don't have, definitely don't have the cross in mind. It's a system that has been designed just for here. And in many cases, it's a system that has been designed for the few to enjoy. That's the system. That's another thing we need to overcome. Hallelujah. If you look at even democratic politics, I mean, before democratic politics came, you had um, you had a Autocratic, uh, you know, many years ago in, in Europe, you know, you had the, what do they call the feudal system, right? You had the, you had the, um, you had the, the different classes. Society, you were just born into a system where there were classes, right? So you are either a royal, if you are not a royal, then pray, pray that you are what? A commoner. But in between the royals and the commoners, you had the lords and the it's like there were people who were not royals, but they were also not communists, right? Yeah. So this system, a commoner, the, the system that you are born into, it, it kind of put a cap on how far you could get to. Do you get it? If you are born a royal, you are a royal. There's nothing you can do about it. There were people who can be knighted, Right? But you had lords who owned lands. who had They were not royals, but they were okay. But if you're a commoner, that's it. And even as we speak, if you go to places like India, the caste system, the, 
the modern 21st century hasn't changed that system. It's just the system. And you know that people cannot marry across caste. So if you are in this caste, that's it. And then also, even within the caste system, there were group, there are a group of people who by nature, by, by birth, are supposed to be servants and slaves. That they just wash people's um, people's clothes. It's like their whole line of ancestry is like they wash people's clothes and they serve. And there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe today, when you, I don't know whether they, they have the same access to education. Hallelujah. But what you have is that the modern world has not changed some of these systems. So if you are going to do a church in such an environment, I mean, don't expect to have a lot of rich people attending your church because that's, that's where they are. Hallelujah. And maybe because of the case system, some of the other people from a higher caste, when they join the church, they may not. I mean, if you can't make you can't make the lower case person an usher, for instance, because <laughs> when they bring the basket near the other one, they, they feel like they are superior. Are you listening to me? That's a system that you are born. I mean, you can be born into. That there's nothing you can do about it. So that what happens is that it means you have to fit your operation within that system. Hallelujah. Over the years, we developed democracy, which is like, okay, more people, when people vote for somebody, it's like, it's by sovereign, by, by choice of the people. But even that one, people can vote for somebody who, I mean, the criteria people are using to vote will be amazed. Somebody can just vote for somebody, and the person doesn't have any strong policies or whatever. You will hear somebody say, we are voting for this person because, oh, you're fine, pa. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> this is the world we have been born into. Now, if you are looking for a church, for instance, the system, the system is designed that, okay, we want this region to be made up of these types of houses, right? There's, there are zoning laws. So, if all the houses in this development have to be bricks, right? You can't go and build something that is not bricks in that. It, it is going to change the, the, the atmosphere of the place. Hallelujah. And then, and then uh, there are places where there's supposed to be businesses, right? Commercial zones. There's a places that are zoned where you can have a church. And places where you cannot have a church. You cannot have a church building, so to speak. Hallelujah. So, so this is some of the way the world has been designed. And as part of your, your role as an ambassador of Christ, you must also understand how the world works. Hallelujah. So in some cases, you know, like for instance, when we were, when we were about to divide this place, there used to be a wall here. We, we had to ask the landlord, you get it. We can't just, the landlord will come here and then we have changed the place. No, we have to. It's, it's part of the standards that we have to follow. Amen. And um, not everywhere, not every place where you can have a church. Amen. And so we are dealing with a world in which 
the system has been designed not having the church of God or the agenda of God in mind. And so you as a believer must look at the system that you are operating in, whether it's at your workplace or whether it's the system of government, whether it's the system, the economic system, all these things, you have to look at it carefully and see where do you fit in as a believer. Because the reality is that we are on earth. We have to live on earth. And we have to operate on earth, right? We can't, we can't wish it otherwise. And you can't wish it away. Hallelujah. When you think of all the various um, ethnic groups and all the various um, people groups, you know, I mean, that one time, one brother came to Bishop and said, you know, um, I can see that you have cast and um, I've been in the church for a while. I can see the anointing of God working very powerfully here. And, but why don't we reach out to white people? Why don't we have a lot of white people in this church? Bishop Dark said, no, we don't particularly not like white people. But somehow, it seems like the kind of people who tend to like our church tend to be non-white people. But it's not that we have made it a point that we don't like white people. And, 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 the, and the person told Bishop that, you know, I think we should really try, try hard. Because, and this was in Europe. So Bishop Dark told the person's pastor that uh, I can see this guy has a lot of um, how do you call it? Burden. White, because you know a lot of white people don't go to church nowadays. So, um, you know, make sure you include him in pastoral training because he seems to have a heart for souls. Who knows he could be our next John Wesley or what's the other one's name? Um, John Wesley's other friend. So eventually this guy received training and became a pastor in one of the European countries. And one day Bishop Dag was having a, a family meeting or general uh, meeting where people came from all over and gathered in London. And this guy was one of the pastors. And then Bishop Dag asked him how his church was doing. So we are doing, we are doing our best. And then he said, uh, by the way, have you been able to <laughs> I've been, been able to win a lot of white people, maybe 90%, because the majority of people in Europe are white. He started scratching his head. He said, Bishop, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. You see, it seems to be that you have the truth, maybe you have the Bible, you have the word of God, that you can, you know, it's like you are not deficient. Paul said, I am not deficient in any compare with any of the other apostles. That you have something valuable to offer, but because of the way society has placed us in boxes, do you get it? Even though you have something to offer, somebody who actually needs it is not listening to you. Amen. Does that mean that you should shut down your ministry or shut down your calling? No. We if this person will not listen, this person will listen. It's all part of the system we are operating in. Bishop Darwin was writing his uh, first books. He said he took his manuscript to 
a bookstore in London. And because some professors and other people in Ghana had to encourage him that, you see, this thing that you are writing, you may, it may seem like nothing. But we can actually see that, in fact, this is the type of material that you can even be given uh, honorary doctorate for. Do you get it? So his confidence was really high. He took it to London. Amen. He went to a bookstore and was trying to, you know, see like if we print it, if they will sell it. The person took the thing, looked at it like this. He said, you know, I think if you take this type of material to Sierra Leone, to Liberia, those English-speaking West African countries, I think they, they are going to like it. But not here. Not here. Do you get it? Bishop said, I left the room with my tail between my legs. You see, the system is the, it, people are put in put up, people are put in boxes and people, it's like as you are coming, they are already thinking this is the type of, the only thing that they can receive from you. But you see, he didn't stop that. He, he, he continued to distribute his books among black people. Hallelujah. But then a time came that doors were open in white folks countries. Right? Because in Europe right now, you know, in French speaking, Spanish speaking, Ukraine, Russian speaking, Ukraine speaking, his books are being translated. And these people are all white people and they are reading it. But there was a season that because of the way the world has been structured, he had to operate only among black people. Hallelujah. So you have to overcome to a place where you have reached a certain strength. And then God will open other doors for you. Are you listening to me? Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let us rise up. Let's take out a good offering and let us pray. Our dear God and our Savior, we commend ourselves to you, Lord, once again. Yes, Lord, that even as we are learning to overcome the world, my Lord, that we will have a relentless fighting spirit, that we will not give up, because as many as endure, you will eventually promote. We also give to you our hearts and our offerings. May you bless it and sanctify it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm.